0: what's up y'all hey f- first of all i was apparently uh unaware of the fact that ziv nation doesn't fully file in when we first start so we're gonna give y'all a little bit of breather we're gonna ask everybody how their weekend was before we get this thing going so guy how was your weekend man how- how's everything going for you so far bro?
1: oh chill man they like savings kind of I, it seemed like an hour would make that much of a difference, but man, I slept all day. But that's the most I slept in a minute. I'm chilling. Uh, did the usual stream, grabbed a couple of groceries. Had a, had a, you know, you know that's, that's the part,
0: of, that's the part of adult life that like people really don't understand, or that children really don't understand. Like we all imagine as adults, we gonna have all these adventures every weekend. <laughs> all that. When you become an adult, the
1: only thing you wanna do is, hey, I chill, bro. I chill yo, all weekend. Yo, as an adult, if you get the chance to nap that's that's like hey hey those 20 minute naps be like a whole night's sleep <laughs> those 20 minute nap you just
2: sitting there and you just you wake up and you, and you, you your know, eyes bro. open you'll be like ex- man ex- exactly
0: exactly chris how you doing man how, how was your weekend
2: bro? man my weekend was good nice and chill um i helped somebody move um and i was just you know i was just chilling you know i didn't really do nothing much
0: i feel it i feel it
2: i feel it i, I was on the same wave as y'all for the most part
0: man that's Again, as an adult, anytime you can find a way to do nothing on the weekends, you can't beat it. It's it's a fantastic feeling. So now we're going to get into the show now. I feel like some of Zip Nation are filed in and we we got a decent little amount of folks in here. What's up, y'all? Have a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the Facts Over Acts crew. And ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot of show to talk about today. We got a lot to talk about. We got a lot of ground to cover we're going to start with uh, some of these basketball players. This is everything must go sale in the NBA trade deadline coming up. Y'all know what's happening. we getting buyouts. We're getting trades. we getting amnesty. Whatever is happening is happening right now. We got the two teams that are at the top of the league being surprise teams, relatively speaking. And then beyond that, we're going to get into our surprising teams, both good and bad. Does that work for y'all? That's good it. with me. I'm with it. I'm with it. All righty. Well, first of all, we got to introduce the money man, the man with the plan, Chris Allen. That's me right here. I ain't going to take it all the way. But that's right here. <laughs> and then we got the master, the and master again. Thank, thank you for letting us use your page. We appreciate yourself. That is I. All righty. So the first thing we're going to do, these players are moving like it's nothing. We got a lot of player movement going on at the deadline. I think that we're going to see one of the busiest deadlines we've seen in a while this year. So with that being said, we got LaMarcus Aldridge looking like he's going to be on the go. The Warriors trying to pick up Oladipo. We got the Lakers trying to get Andre Drummond. OKC gets another pick in the second rounder in exchange for uh, Diallo. And everyone but Christian Wood is apparently available for the Rockets. I I don't know why Mm -hmm. Kevin Porter Jr. would be up for grabs, but... I mean, hey,
2: who knows? the, the, The NBA season, they say, they say, it's moving faster than James Harden was to get out the strip clubs in Houston. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. That that must mean that the
0: NBA season is moving at a very slow pace because Harden is not trying to leave it. He said, wait a minute, bro. What's going on with these Brooklyn hipster strippers? You know what? We're not going to do that. <laughs> so, so, fellas, which one of these moves do y'all think is
1: the most pivotal, has the potential to be uh, the most impactful to the teams? Um, I think that moving LaMarcus Aldridge out of there is going to make the biggest impact in the NBA, uh, only because, one, we're going to see a drastic shift in whatever it is San Antonio is doing. As long as Popovich is there, I think they'll be a successful team. I think they'll bounce back within a matter of years. But I also think that San Antonio possibly had the roster to to spoil one of these playoff teams that we're expecting to, you know, like maybe make a big push this year. You know, like uh, we're seeing Phoenix going there for the first time in a few years. We're seeing uh, a lot of people are big on Utah. We'll get to that later. But I honestly foresaw a situation at full health and with Popovich in, in his best coaching bag. We could have seen the Spurs upset one of those teams in a six, seven game series in the playoffs. Mm, I still really. think the Spurs are going to make the playoffs, but I think with the shift of LaMarcus Aldridge, whatever team he goes to, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make them, you know, immediate favorites, but I also think that they're going to have a huge shift in what their playoff expectations are. Cause I think he's going to a contender.
0: Well, what contender
1: would you see him going to where you're like, all right, he's a
0: difference maker
1: on this team. Um, I was looking through all the teams East and West. And honestly, the only teams I can see him going to, to where I think he can make a huge difference would be ironically, Portland. <laughs> I mean they're, they're missing a player like that and then uh also I think the Clippers are a decent fit for LaMarcus Aldridge because if you mm. look at it the Clippers like every aspect that our offense has kind of been firing on all cylinders this season even though their their record isn't there but Believe it or not, the Clippers, you know, woes this season have come from defense. Their perimeter defense has been uh, great as always. When you got Kawhi, you got Paul George, that's not going to be an issue. But their interior defense this season has been absolutely awful. And even though he's not the greatest defender, I think LaMarcus Aldridge can provide some size down there that they don't have. Because I think their biggest defender down low is uh, Ibaka. And this, over the past few years, this game has kind of changed like a pace and space, three point perimeter <laughs> defender kind of guy, honestly. You mean to tell me that rim protector uh, Zubox isn't helping? (laughs) Hey, look, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Former Laker. Zubox is my guy. But come on, Zubox ain't about to defend a a piece of copy paper down there, bro. I am shocked and surprised. (laughs) Everybody (laughs) said that the
0: Clippers were the team. Chris, which which one of these moves are you thinking this is going to be the most impactful?
2: Uh, I just, that's too quick to think that quick on all that, but the, the, if we're going back to what um, Guyton was just talking about, LaMarcus Aldridge, i going to actually pick two different teams than Guyton. Yes, the Clippers, it makes a good fit, but I think if he went to the Warriors or if he went to Phoenix, those would be crazy, because if he went to Phoenix playing with Aiden and the way Chris Paul and Booker been playing, man, that will make them have two twin towers down low with Devin Booker coming in, into stride and Chris Paul on a on a Assist terror. He he literally's been out there a couple games. Two points with sixteen assists. Like if he get all just out there, that could be twenty twenty one assists easily, easily. And Aiden could get a mentor in a way, so he get more back to the basket help. And then I mean, Warriors is pretty self explanatory. If you don't have to give up much to get him, I honestly think San Antonio might end up buying him out because I can't see of a, a team usually yeah teams mutually agree with the player that we we gonna just disband what we have. I can see them more so buying him out. Because if I know that as a GM, I'm not about to go give a haul to the Spurs. But I know he's going to be gone regardless. So if the Warriors get him, that could help them out a lot because Draymond been in and out the lineup this year. And they should go to the playoffs this year because they got Steph. Um, but Wiggins, Kelly Oubre, Draymond, and Aldridge, that star lineup right there. I'll take that over a lot of other starting lineups. Honestly. I, I'll,
0: tell you, I'll tell you what. Um, when you look at what... LaMarcus Aldridge offers and what the uh, Warriors lack at times. They need a good backup big for Wiseman. They need a guy who can play the five when Wiseman is, is on the bench for whatever reason. Draymond ain't it. He, he's 6'7". Regardless of how hard of a defender he is, regardless <laughs> right. of how low he gets he's he's 6'7". Like, that's just, that's the facts of that. And LaMarcus Aldridge is more or less what the modern-day big is. He has a decent, a better, much better back to the basket game than most bigs today do. But he will space out the floor. Not going to give you much on the defensive end. He'll give you a little something on the glass. So that's, that's really what most of, the, uh, most of today's bigs are. For me, Andre Drummond going to the Lakers, I think, is... If, if Andre Drummond goes to the Lakers and AD comes back decently healthy, I don't see them going... I, I would see one, potentially one of their playoff series going to six games. Uh, even if AD stays banged up throughout the season with Andre Drummond, I think that's a championship team. Um, the, the fact of the matter is one of the Lakers' biggest problems all year has been the fact that Gasol, his his feet are the <laughs> slowest things on earth. Like, they literally seem to have been stuck in the San Andreas fault and he can't get them out because, like, he's not going nowhere. He's not. If you get yeah. the big that just moves around the rim, even if you had the greatest rim protector in the world, just moves around the room and then what he does on the boards of course he he doesn't just like win the board he dominates on the board when you put a shot up around andre Drummond, if it missed don't worry about it drake gonna get it that man right. is a 15 20 rebound god is like oh yeah that that wasn't really hard like that yeah that's just a regular mm-hmm. night's work for me so I, think I like my drumming
2: he gonna hustle for them lakers and i think because they coming off that championship lebron's older they get lackadaisical, and Drummond. I've right. rarely seen Drummond play a game where he's lackadaisical, Like even when he didn't like being in Cleveland, or didn't like being and in he, Detroit. And he won a chip. He won a
0: chip. That boy has never even smoked the play. Wait, he <laughs> the playoffs twice. What? Once.
2: Twi- he got swept. He got swept. Once. Got I think sweat.
1: once. Only once. Uh, got I thought they Cleveland. got swept two years in a row.
2: No, yeah. they went they, once. Then they, they went they went twice. There was a year in between that they did. It was the Stanley okay, Johnson okay, okay. year
0: where Stanley Johnson was talking to LeBron saying, Yeah, I'm in his head. We down at 03, <laughs> but I'm in his
1: head though. He don't want to see me hey, out hey, there though. L- believe it or not, that was a good series. Cleveland's I them, mean, you're not wrong. Them, but they you're won by wrong. a margin of like six points a game. It was that was 2016, yeah, right?
2: That was that yeah. was 2016, right?
1: That yeah, that team that, that
2: team, that 30 team, that team played hard. Yeah, that team played hard. And then hard. they and then they went to playoffs
0: another time where like that that sweep was not
2: competitive. <laughs> yeah. The sweep yeah. the second time. Yeah, yeah. Cause um, they, got the books. they got swept by the bucks. They got swept by the bucks. Oh yeah. Oh, I <laughs> forgot about the yeah. That was, was aggressive. Yeah. That sweep by the book's was <laughs> that aggressive. Was bad. But yeah, Giannis, Giannis so, was out there having fun with them little kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So he has not smelt playoff success. He has not like got a whiff of like, oh, is that a is that a win in the playoffs? He's going to smell that joke like it's a Cuban cigar. He's going to roll up a Game 1. <laughs> oh, New Game 1 pack is finna go in the air. But, uh, all right, so we're going to move on to some... Now, nah, wait a minute. The Rockets having everybody available besides Christian Wood. Chris, talk to us. What's going on with your boys, uh, man? Is this man. for rebuild? Are they like, hey, we, we've we already Let's started see. tearing it down. We're just uh, going to uh, finish it up.
2: What I don't like about this GM, uh, Rafael Stone, he's a great GM, don't get me wrong. Like The stuff he's able to pull off... Stuff in the package he got for hard was incredible. The only thing I don't like, he not as straightforward as Dale Morey. Like, Dale Morey will tell us, look, yeah. we are going to reboard for rebuild for a minute, but we are going to be back. This guy, it seems like he's just waking up by the day. Like, do I rebuild do I not rebuild? Give it to us straight, man. Just give it to us. <laughs> are we going to rebuild? Do I need to just cool on buying Rockets gear or load up on buying Rockets gear? Because, you know, <laughs> like, let me know. If we just going to try to be relevant a little bit with these old stars that are trying to come back. Let me know. I'll stop buying gear because we it's still gonna be the same price. But if we get, if we go trash and rebuild, I go load up on water the gear cheap. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I, I just want him. I just want them to to the make up their mind. I mean, yes, I think Christian Wood is a, a centerpiece, but I don't think he's the number one option. I think he could be a a solid number two option. That's at yeah. his peak though. He's still got a lot of development. I think he could be a number two on a championship team. Cause right. I'm not saying he's like an AD, but he has AD potential. Like his ceiling is might he be can get there
0: for a game or two, he can get to where right, he Right, right, for and a, game in
2: the playoffs, in the playoffs, we only need him to do that maybe eight out of 16 games. If we have a, a right, legit right. number, of if we yeah. like if we were able to get Kay Cunningham and he develops well, I would be happy with that roster.
0: Hey, man, y'all ain't getting K.
2: The pissers getting K. Hey, I appreciate <laughs> you for playing though.
0: Thank you for playing, Rockets fans. Y'all going about your way. Anybody's watching in Houston, I'm sorry to tell you, Kay Cunningham is gonna be a pisser, baby. But, um, so. When we, look at, when we look at the Rockets and what they're doing, like you said, there's a lot of, what's the direction, what's the intention? And so on the flip side of that, we'll talk about two teams that have been very intentional in working their plans and their process. See what I did there, we talked about the 76ers <laughs> Anyway, um, the 76ers and the Jazz, two teams that coming into the season, nobody had either one of them finishing higher than like, what, fourth, maybe third in their respective conferences. Yeah. And both of them are sitting atop their conferences post all-star break, even with Embiid being hurt very recently nonetheless. But still, Embiid has been hurt a couple times this season. So with that being said, are the are either of these team contenders, are either of these teams pretenders, what's going on? And
1: what's is there something different about these teams this season than we've seen in years past? Um, so I think <clears throat> excuse me, I think the one thing that's different about uh, Philly is that I think they actually have potential to make the finals. I don't think yeah. that there's any team in the East that you could say like just far and away, like, oh, they're gonna run away with the East. And I think that uh Doc Rivers is enjoying this this roster that he has. And he's ha- Please he's having these don't boys- bring up. I think he's don't having these God. boys firing on all cylinders and he has them playing well. In no situation do I think Doc Rivers is gonna bring a championship to a team. But in the situation that he's in with the players that he's in with the players that he has, I think this team has potential to make to make the finals because if you look in the Eastern Conference, they're the only team that checks all the boxes. They have what? a big. It's not a lot of teams in the East that have a big that you can drop the ball off to and they can work in a the post. They can run yeah. a five out, which is the way that modern basketball is played, and Ben Simmons can run that perfectly because it's not a lot of guards that can check Ben Simmons, if we're being honest. They have mm-hmm. size. They're probably the biggest team in the Eastern Conference. They're probably the biggest team in the NBA. You, in the NBA. Uh, yeah. yeah, with the exception of possibly the Lakers, but we just talked about the troubles of Mark Gasol and ADB and hurt, so they're not, you know, the most mobile big team. And also they added shooting this past offseason. So they're able to stretch the floor as well. So they have all of the pieces to not, make not the Danny Green wanna make threes. Not Danny Green wanna <laughs> yeah, make three. Right. was that game five game? Two? Where was the game five? Right. You so wide I, open. I don't think three? I don't think Philly is going to win a championship, but I do think that their ceiling is a finals team. I think it's a little different for Philly this year. With Utah, I think we're looking at a, uh, you know, Atlanta Hawks type situation. Have a great regular Ooh. season, they're looking good. Um, but I don't think they go, I don't think they go far in the playoffs. The only thing that depending on their seeding, if the Lakers aren't healthy, the Jazz might you know, give them a run for a money, take them possibly six, possibly seven games if they run into the Lakers. But I also think there's a lot of experienced teams out there that when we get to the playoffs, we're gonna be like, damn, the Jazz really like that. Like Chris Paul firing on all cylinders and getting a team involved. I think the the you know the Suns can give a jazz to run for their money. I think if you got a, a team like Golden State, a team like Dallas in there, I can honestly see them giving Utah a run for their money. If they match up against the Clippers, if they match up against Denver, I don't see Utah, don't let them get the legacy teams. <laughs> Do not let him get the nuggets again, yeah, boy.
0: Jamal Murray going to be licking his... Oh, oh my God. Oh, yeah. Mm. You know when you eat the tacos, the, the authentic Mexican tacos from the food truck, they eat the dip. You get the little dip on your fingers. You... Mm. Oh, my God. That's what Jamal Murray going to be doing as soon as you see that rival matchup. Chris, what you thinking, man? Who's are, are both of these team contenders? Are both
2: of these teams pretenders? What you thinking? I'm going to start with the Jazz. I disagree. I am praying for a Jazz and um, Nuggets first round matchup. Praying for it. I think Donovan Mitchell takes them out this year because he was a split, a shot away. And I don't think the Jazz, Okay, the problem is with the Jazz is, it's fresh on my mind. The problem with the Jazz is they're too easy to stop. If you stop Donovan Mitchell, their offense is kind of limited. And the thing different this year for me Mike Conley been coming through when they stopped Donovan Mitchell. Mike Conley has had games this year where he was, you know, he came through. Mike Conley got an all-star this year. So, that shows you right there he improving. So, I don't know how he's getting better. He's getting older. But he's been coming to life even though we've been seeing Memphis Mike Conley. And that being said, their offense isn't going to die when Donovan Mitchell isn't on the floor or when Donovan Mitchell's having a bad night. So, I think Mike Conley's determined. Rudy Gobert. He's been a rebound machine, and you you have to actually watch the games to understand what Gobert yeah. does on defense. Yeah. On Absolutely. defense. Like Absolutely. on the stat sheet, you'll be like he only got one block with two steals. But
1: no. But that's he the trial. They see yeah. it and they just, yeah. Listen, He's stats, able. He, got that, he got that intimidator badge on.
2: He's able it's no weak side with him on the court. If they run a the zone, like they've been running a lot of zone this year, he's able to help on the weak side and the strong side. So it's no weak side against them. You can't attack them in one section. You have to get clean cut. You got to run a play or you got to have a complete isolation on Gobert to get by him. So their defense, Spicky's fan right now, and their offense, that ball movement is ridiculous. It's a clip on Twitter right now, y'all can look at. The Jazz, everybody on the five, or the Jazz, they were all outside line. They all touched the ball twice, and they got a wide open look, and then they did the same play again, got a wide open drop to the basket. The Jazz looked good to me, but we all know it's the Jazz. Come on now, it's the Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> they ain't getting to no, they not getting no finals appearance. Um, I could see them getting out the first round this year, which they've done before, then they lost to Houston, but no more Houston, I think that was their kryptonite, but, if they get Denver first round, I think they beat them. But if they get anybody in the second round, Clippers or Suns, anybody, I think they lose. So I mean, you know what's
0: crazy? I, I was watching Static Shock today, and Carl Malone on the Lakers was like one of the characters that, that made a guest appearance on the show. Oh no, my god! Like, Lakers, Karl Malone is who y'all got. Man,
1: something about Karl Malone and the children's show don't mix well for me. It just don't. Ooh, it, it ain't ooh, the right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. No. It's like. Ooh. Ooh.
0: Okay. All right. We gonna push right along past that, man. I'll hold on hold, on, hold on. I need to talk about the uh, the Sixers. Oh, go man. ahead. My bad. My bad. My bad. My yeah.
2: Bad. All right. So now the Sixers. The Sixers. Um, I got mixed emotions, man. Part of me like, yeah, y'all can do it. But part of me know Joel and B made of glass. Like, I think Joel and B is a walking injury any day of the week. Like, you wake up in the morning, you don't know if you got Joel and B. He's been probable or questionable every game this season. Um, what I think the difference for them is being able to see Tobias Harris. He finally playing, and, that, and he has his best years under Doc for whatever reason. He's actually hoping though. He's yeah. averaging
1: twenty he games. He, he earning that contract.
2: He
0: earning that contract. Not the whole thing, but this and year's <laughs> one. <work>, he <laughs> earned the whole it. thing. No, he earned it this year's worth of that contract. Listen, that yeah, contract yeah, yeah, yeah. is more he than ain't, more. he ain't
2: hundred and eight. He ain't more than hundred and eighty million. He
0: not, he not, he not. That, that, that contract is more bloated than Peter Griffin when he had his own gravitational pull. But, <laughs> but if I'm talking about this year, I think he earned the bread. He, he is playing. He hooped. Like, I, I think honestly and truly, I would not be upset to see him get all NBA 13 this year. I wouldn't be upset by that. He's no, playing at that right. high of a level to where I'm like, name me six forwards that are all playing better than him right now. And like you would struggle to do so. If you name the usual suspects, I could turn on the film or show you the numbers to say that player you would think is better than Tobias, but in reality, Tobias been open. What
2: What right. my question with the Philly is, Ben Simmons had a 42-point game this season. I need to see more of that, then I'll be a believer. If I see more of that, right. I'll believe it. Because right. NB not going to give you 40 every night because he's not there every night. And whereas the right. Johnson, he ain't going to be there. So, I see. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I mean... I, if I see Ben doing that on a consistent basis, then I, you, Philly, y'all got my hat on. I mean, y'all can make the d- final. Don't
1: get me wrong. I'm not a fan. I'm I'm an old school kind of hoop guy. So I'm not the biggest fan of, you know, load management and things like that. But in the case where you got Philly, man, I honestly don't see a problem with. Right. You man. got two bro, stars. Bro, Rest them. Philly is at the point in the season where you can rest them pretty much the rest of the season because you already know what you can do as a team. Make sure they got as much rest possible by the Bro, time. Bro, and you have
2: right, three, you, know. you have three players that are all-stars. Tobias is cause technically right. numbers wise, he's an all-star. Tobias you have is two all-stars playing, play. yeah. Right. You have two all-stars playing all the time. You can rest one rest. every other game if you yeah.
0: want to. I say I say that you give all the rest to Embiid that you can. And let me tell you why. Joel and B this year, if he stays healthy, is the MVP. There's no doubt about that for me. This man yeah. is going 26 and 11, averaging 40% from three. Yeah. Now now mind you, I didn't say 30%. I didn't say 32%. 35. 42% from three for a seven footer. Now, when you think of that, you think of a christos Porzingis that, oh, he can shoot a little bit. He may block a shot on weak side help. Right. He is not gonna do the banging. He is not gonna do the dirty stuff in the post. Joel and B, if he's healthy and he's out there, he's gonna do the banging. He's gonna do the dirty work. He's gonna do the elbows that get you that rebound that you need. So, with that in mind, to me, it is it, if, if he is the key, he is the secret sauce, he is the, the basically the entirety of whether or not the 76 star contender. If he is relatively healthy, if he has the slightest modicum of health, they'll be fine. They'll dominate, they'll do what they got to do. But if he can't go for a majority of their games, it's going to be problematic. If he's hobbled for a majority of their games, there's gonna be a problem because when you have a center that is as dominant as he is in today's game, you have the Nikola Jokic effect where your offense starts to run through that guy. And I know that that shouldn't be a thing because back in the day, every offense ran through a big. But the way that we have veered away from that now, it's only certain players that force you back into that situation. He's one of them. The Jazz, for me, I'm sorry. That's a pretender, dog. That's a pretender. I'm sorry. (laughs) The the fact of the matter is simple. The Jazz do not have two qualities. I'll say this. Yes, they don't have two quality scores. To me, you have to have two players on your team that could be the number one option if they went anywhere else in order to be a true contender to me. You look at all the teams that have been contenders in the past few years, right? You look at the, the top four from last year. The only exception to this rule was the Heat. But the Heat have something that nobody else had, an unmatched chemistry, and the effort that they gave, player in, player out. Duncan Robinson cannot defend to save his life, but you saw him up under people everywhere they went. He was with somebody in their hip, or he was rotating to go help out somewhere else everywhere they went. Bam, did something that we didn't think was possible out of him last year. So with that being said, the Heat were the aberration. Look at all the other teams that were at the top. You had the Lakers, Bron and AD. I, I need not say more. You had the Nuggets, Jokic and Murray. Murray was going for, what, 50, 40, 30 in that first round? Like, right. Need I say more? The team on the other end. D-Mitch, was going, them, D-Mitch
2: was, going was going with him though. D-Mitch was going with him. I'll take D-Mitch, D-Mitch over Murray. Him. I'll take D-Mitch over Murray.
0: Listen, Spider was definitely going with him. but I'm just saying, if I'm looking at the top four teams from last year, who did they, the the uh, they play the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals? Am I correct? Or who did they who did he yep. play in the Eastern Conference Finals? So the they Celtics. played the Celtics. Yeah. They played the Celtics. Okay, you've got uh, Tatum, and the problem for the 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 Celtics was they didn't have the second scorer to get over the hump. They didn't right. have the second number one guy. To me, the Jazz don't have a second number one. They have D. Mitch, and like you said, Conley's played well this year. Conley's played some of the best ball he's played in his career, but it's Mike Conley, dog. I'm I mean, sorry.
1: And, and I don't even I'm sorry. <laughs> as, as, as much respect as I have for Donovan Mitchell, and I think he's a great player, I also don't think he's that guy that you can get a ball to 100% of the time and, and you, you can get a bucket. If you look at his game, I think his game is very similar to D-Wade. But d wade mm-hmm. was a lot stronger than Donovan Mitchell. I, I seen a lot of people when they put body on him and they put contact on him. Sometimes Donovan Mitchell not able to, you know, tough through and get those, get those easy looks at the basket.
0: Absolutely. And D-Wade had a better post-game. So even right. if even if D. Wade could not get as close to the basket as he would want to, he had a better post-game. D Mitchell's um Spider's a little better off the dribble, but D. Wade was better at, you know what? I'll post up, figure it out from here. So to me. The, the Jazz are pretenders until I see... Until they knock off one of the big wigs, and then I'm going to just be surprised. But until then, right. I'm sorry. They they get pretender out of my... I hope home. they play the Clippers. I hope they play the Clippers. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It, hey, listen. I'll tell you what. That'll be a beautiful matchup to see. Now, before we move on from this, uh, Greg Popovich, when asked about whether or not Ben Simmons needed to learn how to shoot in order to be truly elite, in order to... If, if he was... Neither to shoot nor to be great. He said, and I quote, he's so elite already, who gives a damn if he can't shoot? Is that something that y'all agree with? Or are y'all like,
1: nah, if you appoint, you gotta you gotta learn how to check up some threes? Um I, I don't think that Ben Simmons needs to I don't I don't think he's elite yet. I think his skill set is elite, but I don't think him as a player has a reach elite elite status yet. I think he has that potential. Um the issues I see here is one. Um, his game isn't transcended enough to change basketball. If you have a player like Steph Curry, for example, the way he played outside the perimeter was transcendent enough to play basketball. So until a player comes that's dominant enough to change that, we're not going to see a situation where Ben Simmons can afford to not shoot threes. Right. Um, on top of that, I don't think that he's in a situation to where he can thrive. Don't get me wrong. That Philly roster is nice and Ben Simmons has been having a great season, but I don't think that they've been running the right offense and I don't think that they're pacing space enough in order for Ben Simmons to fully take advantage of the other point guards in the league and, and really live through his potential. Regardless of how much uh, Embiid has been great shooting from the perimeter this season, regardless of the pieces they put around Ben Simmons, as long as you have a team where you have uh, Ben Simmons and Embiid on the floor at the same time, we can't see Ben Simmons really dominate and get in the paint the way that he wants to. It just can't happen.
0: All right, okay, Chris, what you what you think? You know what? Let me hop in right here. Let me let me hop in right here. I very strongly disagree with that. the mm. The way that I believe the exact opposite has happened. Steph Curry has changed the game in so such a way. I don't know if anybody else remembers this. Um, if any of the viewers in here have seen this game, please tell me who they were playing against because I can't remember. The Nuggets were down two points. Right, they get a steal with about five seconds left in the game murray is pushing the ball it's four on one four on one michael porter jr goes to the corner the third guy which i believe was tory craig goes to the break the fourth guy who is not murray goes to (laughs) another spot on the three-point line now mind you they're down two points with five seconds in a four-on-one. Now, I, I know I do a lot of gesticulating <laughs> with my hands. I know I do a lot of gesticulating with my hands. So maybe maybe if I could write it down for y'all, it would be better. But you know what? Well, we ain't going to do that because we will not got that type of time on this show. But four-on-one now. Four different areas of attack against one. And do you know what happened in that series? Because all three went to the three-point line, Jamal Murray also stops to pull up for a three. Jamal Murray is stuck (laughs) with the ball, looking around. And then he makes a late pass, which was er an errant pass anyway, to another player standing at the three-point line who misses the three. Campozo, Campozo. who misses the three. Now, I don't know who they were playing, but that play right there shows the Steph effect at its ugliest. Because this was a play in which, even if one of y'all, even if Porter goes to the rim, because I don't know, you're 6'10". If he goes to the rim, they pass to composo composo shoots. One of two things that's happened here. composo hits the three or what composo did happens, he misses. But then you got a 6'10 guy at the rim against one guard who was back in defense, right. who's 6'3".
1: To me, that seems to be the easy that's, answer. I, now, I my, never say I never said the Steph Effect was necessarily a good thing because everybody that's trying to take advantage of the Steph Effect news flash, they not Steph.
0: And and but I mean, the, but that's my point of why it's gonna work so effectively for the 76ers. When teams see them, even though these are millionaires and they see the scouting report and the scouting report says, Hey, if you get Ben Simmons, sag off, sag off, sag off. Hey, if you see him be if he if he set a pick. You gotta play him true, cause you don't know what he's gonna do. He could pop, he could roll, he could flat, he could do whatever. Even with all of those things going on in your head, you still subconsciously in your mind are like, "Oh, gotta protect the three, gotta protect the three, gotta protect the three, And then Ben Simmons is by you, and now it's him and be on your, I mean, on whoever the the role man was, which is probably the guard. Right. So, to me, the fa- if we were playing in the early two thousands, where teams literally were like. Hey, We're gonna pack it in the paint and like you can do whatever you want for the perimeter. I'd be more concerned, but now with the way the teams are concerned with running teams off the three point line, I think that that's, that's what the service is to the 76ers. And even when you run into good playoff teams, teams are not gonna follow the assignment true and they're not gonna play Ben Simmons how they're supposed to play him. And even if you do, they have four guys on the court outside of him that can shoot, they have four guys on the court at any given time outside of him. That, sure. Pack in the paint for him. But now you're going to leave Danny Green open? Well, I, 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 can at open? Least,
1: I can at least say this for certain. This season is the season where we can see what Ben Simmons is. Right. I, I think that. this is the I season where we can determine what his place is. Because he's still fairly young. But I think this is the season where we can determine what, what his place is, what his potential is, who he's going to be. And you know what? Everybody
0: said in order to make Ben Simmons have his most efficient or, or best version of himself pop out, you need to surround him with shooters. Well, newsflash, ladies and gentlemen, Philly has surrounded with shooters. You literally cannot get more quality shooters who can do more than one thing on a team than they got right now. So that, right. to me, I absolutely agree with Pop that, like, you know what? If he don't shoot three, every what people don't realize when players pick up a new skill, sometimes they lose one of the old ones. A lot of times, that's what happens. Look at Serge Ibaka and rim protection. As soon as he learned how to shoot threes, he forgot how to <laughs>
1: block shots. Right.
0: It was like Kelly Bundy when her head got full and you gave her new information, something old came out. <laughs> That's what happened with with uh, with Ibaka. They gave him three point and mid range shooting, and he was like rent protection. Mm. Chris, what you think, man? Does 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 uh, Ben need to learn how to shoot, or is he good as it?
2: I mean, okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think we already got a rep- representation what Ben Simmons is capable of over there in Milwaukee. I think Ben Simmons defensively, it, it doesn't get much better. Like. Him and Giannis neck and neck for perimeter defenders, it doesn't get much better. The tall linkiness, able to switch on to one through five, it doesn't get much better than that defensively. So defensively, I think Ben Simmons is in a league of his own with the other players. That's in the league of their own. But for me, I honestly think, think about it like this. If Giannis was able to shoot, the Bucs would be in the finals every year, if Giannis was able to shoot. Because the problem with Giannis is they built that wall, and in the playoffs, he's useless. He gets you his 20 and 10, but other than that, it's a hard 20 and 10. Like, he's shooting 25 shots for that 20 and 10. Right,
0: right.
2: So, if Ben was able to shoot, oh, boy, they'd be cooking with some hot, hot grease. Like, (laughs) man, if Ben was able to shoot. But I feel like, like y'all said, this is the season where we will know for sure if Ben Simmons needs to shoot. If they right. go in the playoffs and they get to the finals and Ben Simmons playing the way he is now, he might not need to shoot. You just got to put shooters all around. But to me, I think that when Ben Simmons gets going, they're going to build that wall and sag off of him. and then that, that causes a lot of problems for Joel Embiid in the playoffs. Brooklyn can't guard anybody, so you're going to have to play in transition with them a lot. So you and can't that's really... where
0: Ben Simmons at his best. What, yeah. what you right. going to do
2: with 6'10", handling the ball, Coming down
0: with a big body. You can't knock him off balance the same way you do normal guard. Right. John Morant is what? A buck? A buck 80? A buck 90? Soaking wet? At best. Like yep. Ben Simmons is what? 240? You cannot knock him off balance. With... <laughs> He's just like, right. oh, that's cool. layup. Oh, that's, that's cool. What, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But the bad side is that Hard, KD, and Kyrie all been in the playoffs deep. So oh, they know. Absolutely. They absolutely. They know. They know. We get in his head and make him shoot or make him in situations where he gotta choose to shoot or pass, he useless. They know that. So the only team I think that has more or more talent than them is is Brooklyn. I think the Sixers have a good chance of going to the finals, especially because Brooklyn health is iffy. They only got one player that's known for being healthy and James Harden. Kyrie, known for being injured. KD, as of late, known as being injured. Blake Griffin for yeah. sure. We're not even gonna speak on Blake Griffin. So, but I I honestly think that we need to just see Ben high performer without shooting in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. If I see that, then I agree with Pop.
0: And you know what? Uh, uh, Just a a quick note on what you said there, as far as comparing him to Giannis. I think that's a very apt comparison. The only Mm -hmm. difference is Giannis has Chris Middleton and that's it. Like other than Chris Middleton, you got Pat Connaughton, Brooke Lopez. Like those guys ain't scared.
1: Oh, Giannis gets those. He kicks it to... Dante Divincenzo. Dante Divincenzo. <laughs> he got Drew.
2: He,
0: <laughs> he got Drew now. He, he got Drew now. Who would you rather kick the ball to? Dante Divincenzo, Tobias Harris. All right. Chris Middleton, Danny Green. Chris Middleton, Joel Embiid. Come on, man. Yeah. Like that, that's not even hard for me. That's not even like a. Oh, this if is, he get this double. This he can tough. kick it
1: to Seth. I kick it to an open Seth before Seth uh, Kyler, Chris Middleton, bro. Seth-
0: Seth Curry has one of the highest career three point percentages
2: in NBA history. Like, that's
1: right. Not even like the, oh, he's one of the best.
0: Yeah, I, all. I do he's think. He's one of the best three point shooters of all
2: time. Drew Holiday going to help a lot this postseason, though. He going to help a lot. He going to
0: help a lot. I agree, but at the, in the same token, Drew's skill set is not purely one that benefits Giannis. Right. It's not purely. Seth Curry and what he does purely benefits Ben Simmons. Seth Curry can do a little something off the dribble. He got a little mid-range shot. But if you think Seth Curry, anybody in the NBA with the last name Curry, you thinking, oh, he's a shooter. And you're right. You're right. Like that's, I, that's
2: I'm pissed his last name Curry. I'm pissed. I'm pissed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of folks who got the same last names in the league, we talked about the holiday. We talked about the Curves. We got to get to the balls. Balls. <laughs> we got to get to the ball. <laughs> LaMelo ball, ball, balls. LaMelo ball, man. Lamelo. Hey, listen. We try to get that Manscaped advertisement, man. I'm right, sorry. We right, had right. to say. <laughs> real, uh, we got to get to Lamelo Ball, man. It's, now to, to me, we we can all agree here that Lamelo Ball is the best ball brother. Uh, but with that being said, is he is he like astronomically better than Lonzo? Like, if if somebody told you, "Hey, I'll trade you Lonzo for Lamelo," would you need two, three
1: first round picks on top of that, or is it like? All right, give me Lonzo on one first, and I'll give you Melo. I think, I mean, we still have to give, uh, you know, time for this to fully develop because they're still both fairly young. But just based off what we're seeing in Lonzo's third or fourth season? Fourth season? Yeah. And LaMelo's rookie year, I think the difference we're looking at here is the difference between the same last name, by the way, the difference between Steph Curry and Seth Curry right Mm -hmm. to where you look at their skill sets and you look at their game and essentially you can tell their brothers they have the same skill set i think they have the same approach to the game but it's Mm -hmm. a disconnect when it comes to the execution because if you watch both of their games i don't think that Lamelo and lonzo plays that much different of a game i think the difference is Lamelo is that much more confident and Um, he's in that mindset to where like, hey, we're down this much, or hey, we need this, and Lamelo goes to get it. Lonzo is more the kid that's like, hey, you should ask that girl out to a prom or whatever, and he's like, excuse me, maybe if you're not so busy, that maybe (laughs) we (laughs) can. And Lamelo is more like, give me a number.
0: Right, right, right. Okay, all right, Chris, what you thinking, man? If somebody asked you right now, I, I want Mello. I want Melo, I got Lonzo. Do they need to just give you one first? And you're like, all right, we can break this work"? Or do they need to give you a whole package? They need to uh, the, bring the brink truck in.
2: All right. I'm gonna take it from the top before I make a decision first, like I did. So if you look at that, both of their games, very similar, very similar, very similar. Yeah. But Melo hasn't got bit by the injury bug. And I think that's where Lonzo confidence is diminished at because he didn't really have a lot of injuries in college at UCLA. The one year he played, he went. He yeah. was going. Everybody knew he was going straight to the league. His dad right. never lost. Said it. Said it every time. So, <laughs> he. He. I mean, we knew he was going straight to the league. But the thing is, the thing is about Melo, is he didn't even play in college. So Melo didn't have a night where Deandre Fox gave him forty. He played overseas in Australia. He never got taken advantage of on a defensive end. Like Lonzo, it's been some nights at UCLA. It's like, I don't know. He's ready for the league. But then he right. come back and he'll give you a 30-point game in college. But since he got to the NBA, he's been getting injured, playing with the Lakers. They had a disappointing year. That, that could kill your confidence starting in LA. LaMelo's a product of starting in Charlotte. Uh, a, a, a young team, young nucleus. They trying right. to go in the right direction. He The ball is the ball in his hands from jump. Lonzo went to the Lakers, and the spotlight was on him being in L.A. So, I mean, that can kill your confidence. And I think that's the difference between the game, confidence. I think Lonzo's capable of playing like LaMelo. Well, not he don't got the sauce. Like, LaMelo got the swag. Lonzo, I think him being an older brother forced him to be a little bit more humble, be more of a leader type. LaMelo, the youngest, he got to do whatever he wanted to do, the silly, the silly one, the troublemaker, you know what I mean? So, right. And not saying he causes trouble, but I'm just saying he got to have like a little more swag to him. No, so mm-hmm.
1: even- troublemaker Rose Field in the family. <laughs> oh God.
0: Oh God. <laughs> hey, hey, people gotta hide their stuff at the cookout with Liangelo. <laughs> hey, what's going on, <laughs> oh, man. How you doing? Hey, good to, hey, good good to see you, bro. Good to see you. Good to see you. All right, hey, oh, Jello, man, man, hey, how, hey! I heard you over there balling in Europe, boy. Good to see you, boy. How, how was China? How was China? Wanda, check brody, check your purse. You know, Jello just came. From home. Check your
2: purse. Check your purse <laughs> hey, hey, Jello, how you doing,
0: man? Hey. Yeah, so, I see you so, in the new Gucci. Okay, <laughs> okay, never.
2: Mind. never mind. Go ahead. But to close to close my point, I mean, yes, I will need a little bit of a package. I would need maybe. Maybe you give me Malik Monk and Lonzo and a second round pick, and maybe, maybe you know what I mean. I give you But I, I'll tell
0: you this: I'll tell you this much. If you you got to be out of your mind if you don't think that you're gonna need a, a package for Lamelo if you're talking Lonzo, simply because
1: Lamelo is better
0: <laughs> and younger. He's yeah. better and younger. Lamelo has absolutely benefited from the little brother complex. As the youngest of four, myself, I can tell you the little brother complex is a real thing. Like to where you just, you have to have these delusions of grandeur because you're so much smaller than everyone else that like you're, you have to tell yourself every day, I'm better than y'all. Like, I don't care if you're bigger than me, stronger than me, faster than me. I'm better than you. And if I'm not better than you right now, I'm going to be better than you one day. And, and we all know the saying, to be number one, you got to be a little odd. LaMelo is a little odd. He's a little different. His confidence is so out of this world that at times it does borderline on arrogance, but it works for him. When the last oh, yeah. time you heard Michael Jordan give any young player props, any like any young player?
1: When I saw that quote, I honestly sat there and, and thought about it. Outside of Kobe, has there been one? He didn't even get Brown. He didn't even get Brown. He did not drops, give Brown no love. He
0: did not give Brown no love. Do you think that the game is in good hands with LeBron James? There's plenty of guys in the NBA. The game is in good hands with. That kid is nineteen. What are you talking about? <laughs> like that's that's just what it was. So for him to say Lamelo has exceeded our expectations by far, I mean, listen, either either Michael Jordan and them them big bootcut jeans is finally mellowing out after all these years, <laughs> or or somehow some way we we can admit Mellow is a bona fide stud. He is like something that we have not seen before. Yeah, I, right. And honestly, I think it's the latter of the two. Most guys that we see that put up his numbers as far as points, rebounds, assists at his age, we saw Westbrook do it. And actually no, not even at his age, Westbrook wasn't doing it like that. So most guys who put up numbers like like that, I mean, they're very inefficient with it. He's not. He doesn't he's not a, a walking turnover waiting to happen. He's not like Trey Young to where you know he's gonna pull from 35 feet, whether or not he's out. Like whether or not he should pull from thirty-five, he's gonna do it. So, right. And by the way, Lonzo has more three pointers this season than Trey Young. Very little fun tidbit there. But anywho, uh, so with 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 what we got going on here, is Lamelo Ball clearly your Rookie of the Year? I, I believe that I'm gonna get three yeses, and we can make this short because I'm gonna throw a yes in right now. Yeah, I'm nothing, gonna say nothing. There's nothing nobody to change it.
1: Lamelo can set the rest close. of the season. He Rookie of the Year, bro. Really. Now, I don't know about that, but I, I think what, that he's been good. What other rookie has had any impact on their team's success? Bro, Charlotte is about to make the playoffs. Now, and that's what I'm saying. He's had an, an immense amount of success, but
0: if he sat out the rest of the season, Charlotte wouldn't make no damn playoffs. Charlotte exactly. would not be sniffing the playoffs. That's the point. That's the point I'm trying to make. But, that, but you can say the same thing for James Wiseman. If James Wiseman sat out the rest of the season, the Warriors would not sniff the playoffs. He's another one of those bigs. At one point in time, he was shooting 40% for deep. Now I think it's like true. 37, 36. True. But James Wiseman has been extremely effective. He's just overshadowed because his game is not fun. His game is not exciting true. to watch.
2: Like He's not, not, he not, he not
0: flashy. That's what I'm saying. A pick yeah. and pop, not exciting. Like a, 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 a block where like you kind of graze the ball, but you don't throw it in the stands. That's not exciting. <laughs> lamello doing true. the low the the pump fake spin drop to the three that's that's intense that's like oh wait a minute now bleacher report gotta have it espn gotta have everybody gotta
2: have it that's i crazy. don't like that lamello throws regular passes sometimes like that passed to gordon hayward the other day yes he was yeah, he, he was at the three-point line and gordon hayward at yeah. the other three-point line but he literally dribbled two times look and through a, through a baseball pass to him. Now, it's like, look, right. it, it
1: it was a regular pass, but at the same time, how many nineteen year olds you know got the IQ to make that pass?
2: I mean, in the NBA, not many. But I'm just saying. I, it, I, it I don't
0: know. I don't know. I don't, if you look at nineteen year old guards in the NBA, a lot of them could do that. De'Aaron Fox, when he was nineteen, could make that pass and would make that pass. He and De'Aaron would make Fox. The pass. Nobody look at. Nobody look at De'Aaron Fox like he's the next big thing, but he was—he would have made that pass in nineteen.
1: No, nah, he could make the pass, but instead De'Aaron Fox was gonna go coast to coast and lay up in traffic. That you know what—that's possible. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. Well, I mean, but, what would you do playing in Sacramento? Fox
2: was passing the ball
0: to right. exactly? What would you exactly. do in
2: Sacramento?
0: No. I'm going like, coast to ball, coast, <laughs>
2: spin, spin lay up backwards. That's what I'm doing. I'm playing Sacramento.
0: Harrison Barr is playing like a two-pack, a hot yeah. two-pack. Can you sit
2: up there,
0: go pass it the it? I don't know about that. I don't know about that. So, all right, moving along, and I'm going to start this one off. Since, since I'm already bought him up with Trey Young, um, we're going to talk about our least and most surprising teams. And I'm going to tell you this. My most surprising team is the Nate McMillan-led Hawks. The Hawks have not lost a game since Nate McMillan took over his head coach. Ooh, G, I I know no, you was really. happy with that. I know hey, is shouting, bro. Nate McMillan, Because Nate McMillan been my guy. He's been hey, my guy
2: hey, 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 hey. Gives a he's a he's a church goer for our Listener. He's a he's big with church. I know Gibbs is probably on stream church, like everybody said. <laughs> hey, everybody hey listen, said. hey listen. I had to, I had
0: to get I had to say, Lord, it was only you on his side. On oh, that man's side, Lord. <laughs> You was there, because I, I'm big on defensive coaches, but I'm also big on defensive coaches that understand their young guys, that can get their young guys to not only buy in and play defense, but don't have their defense take away from the offense. In in Indiana, he was not given immense talent. I'm yeah. sorry, TJ Warren and Miles Turner with uh, uh, injured Victor Oladipo is not immense talent. And he found a way. Right. If you look at even the teams that he had with Paul George, they went up against the Heat every single year, dude.
1: Like yeah. that. What I do mean, you want from the man? He, he never had transcendent talent. And honestly, every year he was in Indiana, we was looking at Indiana like they could make the conference finals.
0: Exactly. We looked at Indiana and said, if anything happens to Brown, if Brown gets hurt in any meaningful way, they're going to the finals. Yeah. They're going to the finals. Now look at it. Do we feel that way now? <laughs> if if, if he's hurt in a meaningful way, are
1: we like, oh, yeah, Sabonis is going to take him to the finals. He, he had Miles Turner. You, Miles Turner was the kind of dude you would take a second round in your fantasy draft at one point.
0: Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I rest my case. So I'm, I'm excited to see that Nate McMillan is showing there's value in the defensive coach that still works with young guys and allows them to be Ooh, and I don't because even want to hear that. Oh, because I'm going to get Steven he, Silas he, so bad. Oh. Listen, the way that he's roped in, the way that he's roped in Trey Young shooting. Trey Young earlier in the season was throwing up whatever. He was literally like, all right, I'm past half quarter. I think I got the green light yeah. here. Nate McMillan took over and said, all right, no more of that nonsense. You see where your old coach is because of that? You see where it is? <laughs> right. You see, guy t- Give him the, you know what, goodbye drop. Because that's yeah. where he <laughs> was because he was taking those shots. So that to me, to see them go 4-0, I knew that they would be better, but I didn't know that they would be astronomically better right away, (laughs) especially mid-season firing of a coach. My least surprising team, and and I started so I could steal this from y'all too, uh, the Pistons. The Pistons being terrible is like not a surprise to me at all. Uh, With what I've seen out of their management the last few years, we picking Luke Kennard over Spider Mitchell with, with with some of the things that we've done in like the last five to ten years. I'm like, yeah, this team's gonna be bad for a little while. Um, even when we get K, we still gonna need to get a few other pieces. Or, hell, we might mess around and draft one of the players from last chance you over K. Because, you know, <laughs> we're the Pistons. Congratulations. Uh uh, what was that boy's name? Joe Hampton. Congratulations. We're gonna take you over <laughs> K Cunningham. Hey, I'm joking. By the way, shout out to Joe Hampton for his growth and maturity throughout that season. I'm I'm proud of you, boy. You balling at Long Beach State. But anywho, that's my least surprising team,
1: and I'm gonna let whoever won the next go ahead and take the floor. In. Um, my most surprising team. Y'all, y'all know I'm really high on this team. Um, I'm gonna go with the Don't Hornets. Don't say the Pelicans. No, I'm going uh, with okay. the Hornets. I'm going with the Hornets. You know, you know, I'm a Lamelo guy. I really like Lamelo. But when we looked at the beginning of the season, I think the most we were expecting was. Some exciting highlight plays from LaMelo. I, 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 even yes. me, I don't think we honestly expected him to have this good of a rookie campaign to the point where he's leading all rookies in points, rebounds, and assists. Absolutely. I don't, I don't think I foresaw that coming. And I thought, you know, we would see some exciting, you know, pick and roll type plays between him and Bridges, which we've seen, but I don't think we expected it to be this impactful on winning basketball games. And then you also, you know, you got Graham, you got Rozier, you got Hayward, which are guys that. I think we all can agree are, you know, slightly overpaid, but they can give you good games here and there. But I don't think Graham that was a I, I don't think that was a nucleus of talent, though. He's not overpaid. He will be. He's sure. He will be. He will be sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but I don't I don't think this is a nucleus of talent that we expected to see like jail as much as they have. Like they've really been playing as a team. And I think when it's all said and done, we're going to be looking at them as like a five-six seed in the playoffs. I, I remember when Hayward signed that
2: deal. We sent in the chat, man. Like, Jordan just giving money away. <laughs> <laughs> that man Jordan, he got a Brewster's million
1: deal it going don't, on where he gotta spend it immediately. It it don't seem like a a bad thing. And I think my um my least surprising teams, which are two teams that I that I uh are I'm actually down on, right? But I think the two least surprising teams are one the Pelicans and two the Clippers which are two teams that should be doing way better than they are. but Is God okay. give giving Pelican
0: slander? We
1: got to document this. <laughs> I am, I am. We got to document this. Because one, the Pelicans have been playing slow, lethargic, and they're too young and have too much firepower to be playing that way. But it's not surprising because this is the way that they've played essentially since they had this core this is their third season with this core and for some reason these young players haven't been able to figure it out like hey we need to play at this pace the whole game instead of you know lobbing at the zion and we up 30 in the first quarter and then the rest of the game we'll get a you know 25 from brandon ingram and that's it and they haven't changed anything over the course of the past three seasons and i'm not understanding what's not clicking for that team
0: well, Stan Van Gundy is definitely the guy to bring in when you want your offense to be jump started,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and I think I think the other uh, I think the other team that's not surprising to me at all is the Clippers, and I mm. think the Clippers are playing with the air of confidence right now that they don't deserve. <laughs> I th- no, I'm I'm being serious. I'm being. If you look at the way the Clippers are playing, if you look at the way the NBA is set up. There's no position, there's no reason that the Clippers shouldn't be the number one seed in the West right now. They have talent. They've been healthy for the most part. They've been healthy. Yeah, they've right, been and they they have a talented enough team in order to take this first seed, in order to figure out what they need to do now to potentially win in the playoffs, and for some reason, that team in their head, they still think they have that switch to where they can say, hey, it's playoff time. Let's flip it on and let's win some games. And so they're playing well, as be the, a real. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Playoff feel real the lockman's monster is real. Oh my god. They, but oh, they're playing hey, with Bo- an Bo- air Bo- of confidence in Against the
0: 76ers. He hit that one shot. He did the game winner in game seven, the buzzer beater.
1: Okay, I'll shut up. I'm Terry Rogier has three game winners this season. I don't I'm not seeing your point. <laughs> but no, they're they're just playing with the air of confidence, like they can hit go to the playoffs and hit that switch and be like, hey, we're good to go now. But you're not good to go. You're the Clippers, and you haven't been able to prove yet that you have that switch in the playoffs, so where you can take over and win a championship. But it's not surprising because that's what they did last year. That's what they've been doing since their uh, since their bane of existence as being a Clippers. <laughs>
0: as a as a bald man, I probably shouldn't be saying this, but Paul George braids ugly. All right, Chris, go ahead man. Do you think he's the, the most? Uh, the, the most
2: surprising, least surprising teams, man. All right, I'm going to do one east and west for the most surprising. For the west, I got Dallas Mavericks. I am so shocked at that roster. And now they in trade talks like Porzingis might be out of there. That is, right. to me, that is just correct. Luka was the overall favorite to be the MVP candidate this year before the season started. He was the minus 200 odds. Which means he was almost guaranteed to be a top five MVP candidate. Now he might end up finishing the top five MVP candidate, but right now he like down there is seven, eight, nine, maybe even ten MVP yeah. candidates. So, I mean, I just didn't see that coming. I thought Dallas was gonna be that team, especially the way they played in the playoffs without Porzingis against the Clippers. I thought Dallas was gonna be that sleeper team with that four or five seed easily. And, they, I mean, they they, they got Luka on a small deal right now. That I thought they were going to go get another piece. But, I mean, I don't know what happened
1: with them. Yeah, I mean, if I recall correctly, when we, you know, did the little, you know, season preview on this show, I think all three of us had, you know, Dallas like a top three, four seed, didn't we?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. None of us had them lower than four. I don't know that yeah. much. And, and, and now then, look at them. Barely clinking to eight by one game.
2: Yeah, And then my team on the East, the Celtics, I mean – who saw that coming? Who who saw that coming from the Celtics? Like, I I, I know what? I didn't. I know I didn't. So, I just don't know. I think we've seen the value of Marcus Smart, as I've been saying on the show. But I really just don't get it. The Celtics have just not been playing Celtics basketball. And I, I don't think it's on Brad Stevens because he still gets his players motivated to play. Like, they have their normal games. It's just they're losing on yeah. the defensive end. i not
0: tell I'll tell you what, Jason Tatum, it's your time to prove who
1: you are
2: or not.
0: They're struggling for the playoff spot.
1: They're struggling for a playoff spot in the East. Same way we said this is the season for Ben Simmons, I think this is the season for Tatum too. And and let me tell you why for Tatum. Because this team is not bad
0: enough to where I'm like, all right, Tatum, I understand if you can't pull them up at your age. They're not. They're not. If Kimber Walker is your third
2: best player, your team is good. Your team is good
0: exactly other than mm-hmm. other than the fact that their centers are all six eight and below except uh i want to say canter like
2: no no Tice that, Tice Tice Tice. oh
0: okay so they got two true <laughs> bigs no canter Cantor and portland
2: canter and portland now okay so uh, so yeah.
0: other than tice other than tice they have no other true bigs but other than that i mean there's there's no reason this team is not that bad you have jalen brown who is a scorer. he is a shot maker you have Kemba, who is another one of those guys. He can do a little bit of everything offensively. Jason, you have to lead this team on both ends. They don't have a leader. You have to go out, get the other team's best player, and say, hey, this is my man. This is my man. I don't care where he go. I'm going to go with Because you're young enough to where you should be able to do that and remain healthy, and you're a good enough scorer to where if you do that effectively, y'all will be all right. But that's all just right. my take on it.
2: Go ahead with your least surprising team. All right, so my least in the West, the Warriors. I always thought they would teeter for that playoff spot bottom of the bracket with Curry. I am a little shocked that Curry is hoping like the way he is. I didn't think he had it in him to maintain 30 points a, seat, 30 points a game throughout the whole season because he hasn't yeah. done it before. He's always been teetering around 26, 27, 28 points. So he's, he's over 30. He only 30. did it
0: that MVP year.
2: Right, yeah. so I didn't expect that. But, I mean, I kind of knew the Warriors was going to fall somewhere in the middle of the pack. And then my team on the East that I'm so so like not even the Cavs like I mean I, Gibbs you were high on them I said Gibbs that is not money well spent if you bet on them Cavs I told you this they you sold, know I did you know I did they, <laughs> and, at that and point when
0: I said that were were they not at what number eight or nine in the East and then I all of a sudden they're like higher right. than that. and and then all of a sudden they're like all right, Kevin Love's not playing no more we listen listen again. Up.
2: Get get get! You said you said on this show the Cavs front office is the worst ran place in the Mm -hmm. NBA, and when I you know when I know that I know the Cavs gonna be bad every year. I know they're gonna be bad.
0: Honestly, honestly, I would be I would go as far to say they're the worst. They're one of the probably top three in all the professional sports. I I cannot think of. Three franchises that are by far and away ran worse than the Cavs. The Cavs literally, and people get confused because of the Cavs' recent success. The Cavs' success in the past decade and a half literally came because a young man named LeBron James was born in that area <laughs> on the day after Christmas in 1984 or 85. Mm-hmm. That's literally the sole reason for their success. If he was from Detroit, if he was from New York, if he was from California, if he was from anywhere else in the world, if he was from Moscow, <laughs> the Cavs would not have none of his success. He would have went to the Cavs and be like, all right, this front office is trash. I'll see y'all later. And all he right. would have never came back. <laughs> and that, they just would have right. had to live with that. Like, damn, I guess he's in Miami now. So, I mean, I, I agree. That front office, it's abysmal. I, I hate it here. I hate it here. I'm sorry, fans, for even telling y'all. To, to put any money on the Cavs. I'm sorry. I I sold y'all even telling you to believe in Dan Gil. I sold you for telling y'all that. <laughs> I apologize, man. I, I know y'all tired of us talking about bad bets. I know y'all tired of us talking about the Cavs. Y'all tired of the Clippers slander. So we gonna let y'all get on out of here. But we'll come on back next week and the week after that and the week after that. Peace and love, y'all. Yeah, no.